right, um, this is Miss Kidd. I'm with Miss Kidd. She is a fantastic art teacher at our school. And so, Miss Kidd, I just wanted to talk with you a little bit because you kind of have an interesting story. Um, so, my first question for you is like, what are your thoughts on this statement that um, more boys than girls are diagnosed with ASD or that ASD is a, a boy's disorder? Well, I've actually done a lot of research on it myself just because of um, being a teacher. And I, I just recently took my student disabilities class as well. Mm-hmm. And the criteria I found out was based off of boys. And then I was diagnosed later in life, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I was told, my mom was told by, I remember, by two different doctors that I only had pieces of autism, that the only diagnosis they would give me was ADHD. Mm-hmm. But I struggled so much through school. And if it wasn't for my mom, I would not be where I am today. Yeah, so she was a big advocate for you then. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. And it's kind of coming out that, you know, the typical model or tools that we use to diagnose ASD are kind of gender biased, um, you know. And then also that girls a lot of times might have traits and stuff, but there's not like a behavior issue or something like that or... There's a lot of misdiagnosis as well. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you experience anything like that when you're going through the process? Uh, my mom, I remember taking me to various specialists growing up, just trying to get any kind of help she could get for me. I wasn't that I wasn't smart. My IQ was in the 140s. Mm-hmm. But I would still struggle with behavior sometimes, and even sometimes with academics, a lot of time out of boredom because I was too smart for some of the things. Um, but they wouldn't put me in gifted, for example, in kindergarten. They refused to test me because of my behavior. Mm-hmm. But my behavior was because I was so bored. Mm-hmm. And I remember being six years old and my mom taking me to a school board meeting and having me speak in front of the school board. And I know for a fact I was tested after that. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I was at a different school because the school I was at did not have gifted. And so just struggling to get services, struggling to get a diagnosis, struggling to get anyone to listen to her about, no, she needs this, mm-hmm. was definitely about with my brother. She didn't have half of the hardest time as she did with me. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've read that a lot. Because yeah. he's four years older, and so she got into it because both my brother and I do have some learning disabilities, but we're both really smart. We just needed that extra structure, that extra help in school to succeed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. getting him services was easier than getting me services. Right. I've also read some research, um, you know, that the comorbidity rate is higher in females as well as, like, having more than one diagnosis. Yeah, he only had ADHD. Yeah, Um, and that a lot of females, when they're going through the process of uh, trying to diagnose ASD, um, you know, they often have developed other things like depression, anxiety, and poor self-esteem, things like that. I definitely struggled with that growing up. Because, you know, you're going, you feel this way, and then you don't know how to handle it, and nobody's really helping you, so. Pretty much. That, that's, that obviously checks almost every box. I struggled with that a lot, but I also wanted to hide it because I didn't want to be labeled. So mm-hmm. at school, I remember at one point in middle school, I was actually suicidal. But I said this one thing to one person, and then I got called to the office, and I was afraid, and I just shut down. I didn't say anything. I didn't ever do anything, but I remember thinking about it for a while because I just was so depressed because I was bullied really badly honestly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely 
And, um, you know, that's another thing that, you know, that they want to give a reason why um, there's less diagnosis for females versus males is that apparently uh, girls are better at masking. masking. At hiding, definitely. Yeah, so you, you have, you know, you feel that way too. I have I, learned so, like, I have made a lot of progress, honestly, in the last 10 years that I did growing up. I've learned um, to keep my mouth shut as much as possible. I try to because I have a tendency to overshare still. I stick my foot in my mouth, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I call it foot and mouth syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time reading people, of reading social cues, of knowing when it's okay to say what around who. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time, I've, I've just made myself now literally bite my tongue to stop myself mm-hmm. and try to fit in. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, and and that, that was hard because if I'd yeah. been able to do that more growing up, I probably would have been bullied at least a little less. So, um, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but what do you think some of the big costs are of being kind of overlooked? You know, you go, obviously you feel these struggles and your mom is trying to advocate and are there things that could have happened if you had gotten diagnosed earlier? I think I would have gotten more services in school. Um, that would have helped me succeed sooner rather than my mom having to literally see the school board six different times to get me services. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and because of me and my brother, Mm -hmm. honestly became a no-name downtown and not in a positive way because of literally fighting tooth and nail the system to get services, not just for me, but for other kids too. She ended up becoming an educational advocacy attorney because of me and my brother. Wow. And she practiced law for, um, right up until, honestly, about six months before she passed. And then she had to sell her practice. Cancer sucks. Oh, definitely. That sucks. But that's amazing that she did. did she that. helped so many families. And after she passed, so many families reached out to us and let us know how big of an impact she had on them mm-hmm. and how much she was able to help them. Because unfortunately, this, the system, the school systems, mm-hmm. you know, teachers like you and me, we want to do everything to help our kids, but our hands are tied. We can't do so much. We can't tell them, hey, we think you should maybe go get this tested for. We, mm-hmm. we have to be very generic. We have to be very careful what we say or we can get in trouble. Cause Definitely. I wish we were allowed to share a little more information. Just a little bit more. Not necessarily, we're not doctors. We should not give diagnoses. Of course. But I wish we were able to be a little more proactive in what we were able to tell the parents that we saw. And especially from someone like you who has experience. And you have probably seen kids within our school <laughs> that you are thinking to yourself, hmm. Well, even the kids that I've been told, because I was that kid that I've been told are usually behavior issues, I usually can handle. In fact, up until two weeks ago, I didn't really have any problems that I couldn't handle. But I had one student who in the past two weeks has just spiraled downhill, and it's it's apparently not just for me either, so I don't feel bad. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I do feel bad that I can't help. Mm -hmm. But I wish there were more sports of us. I know for my own daughter, for example, that when she was in a class with 32 kids, by the way, because they've written loopholes into the legislation that things like gifted don't count for class size, and she was in a full-day gifted in first grade with 32 students. Wow. That her behaviors spiraled mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. to the point where she was almost labeled as an EBD student, and she's not. Gosh. And just that it's all it feels like stacked against kids like her like me like Mm -hmm. anybody who needs that help and we have some in this school too Mm -hmm. that are like that that there's only so much we can do because our hands are literally tied by the system yes definitely because you like you said we're not medical doctors we can't suggest 
things, but we can show our observations and, and things like that. Like, it's always a fine line that you're, you're kind Having of Having to skirt between professional responsibility and, and what you want to do for the kid. Right, right. And I kind of had a real, like, my second year teaching here, I taught second grade, and I had a girl whom I, you know, kind of thought she might be on the spectrum. There's something more going on. And um, she had been diagnosed with ADHD, but she didn't have ADHD, honestly. But they, that's what they pushed Oh, I, I know both of my girls do, but I suspect, especially the older one, of something more. And we've already been to a neurologist and a psychiatrist and know their diagnoses. Gosh. So I don't know. And see, this is what I'm talking about with the whole girl thing. Like, there's such a... I feel like there's... One neurologist said she could be bipolar, and I'm like, oh, joy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so, but, like, she had just been like, oh, she's just, she's just ADHD, you know. But she, she truthfully, honestly, wasn't. And then speaking with her parents, you know, I kind of, you know, when you're talking to parents about that kind of stuff, you want to really try to build a relationship and talk about other things first, you know, so they yeah. feel comfortable with you. And for them, I don't know, maybe you feel differently, but I've seen a lot of parents, like, they're very, sometimes can be very prideful, like, oh, there's nothing, Oh, I had, I had, yeah, I had experience with that. I had a little boy that I was in college, was nannying for this family, it was twins, and they both had medical issues due to medical malpractice at birth. Mm -hmm. And one of them was... Um, behavioral issues due to brain damage because he had damage to the speech and motor skills parts of his brain so learning to talk was a struggle so it also created aggression issues because he couldn't communicate and I'm sure there were some other things going on that were never diagnosed because she refused to get him evaluated Mm -hmm. but he was getting PT and OT and speech at least so Mm -hmm. better than you know but no actual diagnosis beyond the damage from you know the she could see on the CT scan the other one also had a problem where he apparently was on oxygen at some point and it damaged his eyes because they had it up too high and basically blinded him. Oh my gosh. And it was on a feeding tube. Mm-hmm. But he has all of the signs of autism. The tiptoes, the lexicographic memory, the way he talks, the sing-song voice, you know, all those physical, like, check, check, checks. And he was at a lighthouse for the blind summer camp one year that my friend who has a um, PhD in special education works at. Mm-hmm. And they would refer to him about him without using names because they're trying to know respect. But they would, they, it came up a conversation about him being autistic, and the mom overheard it and flipped out at them. I'm like, sure she flipped didn't. out. Because okay. they didn't mean it in a negative way. Because one of them was trying to figure out how to talk to her about it to help her get him more services. Mm-hmm. And she lost it. And that's, and that's, that's, the, that's the true aim. Like, when I was started talking about my friend in second grade. Um, but when I asked her parents about like certain things that they're noticing at home, they were in agreement, and so we actually did get to go through the the DSM five and okay. the whole thing. And she did end up being diagnosed on the spectrum. And Highly- that's rare that a parent will listen to, though, because yes. there are parents like me who I see something and I want to know what it is and what can I do to help. And other parents are like, "There's nothing wrong." Right, right. And you always hope for the the, the first. Definitely. And unfortunately, run into the latter more often than not. Definitely. And then one last thing I wanted to ask you, just because I'm, in, uh, I'm interested, um, is that we know with autism, you know, the two main components, you know, are restricted or um, intense interests, right? And then social communication skills, mm-hmm. right? 
do you feel that you have either one of those things? Both. <laughs> so, um, like, even now, I struggle sometimes. Um, like, I know I've got a ton of grading to do, but I'll get sucked into Facebook for literally hours. Or mm-hmm. I'll start reading news articles for no reason and just, I look up and it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Or I have once, on a school night, been to watch a TV show until 4 in the morning. And I really know I should be going to bed, but mm-hmm. I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And and then the social thing is, yes, I am very socially awkward. Um, I have a really hard time making friends. Um, we we moved once to Virginia for like a little less than a year, and I was there for nine months and didn't make a single friend. Mm. It's really hard to me, for me to relate to people I don't know, like, because I'm, I'm awkward. So when I meet people, I tell them, I try to be honest. It's like, like I'm going to be one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. But I have no tact. I lack the ability, and I'm just honest, outright back, because I figure mm-hmm. that's the way to weed out who's going to actually give me a chance and who's going to brush me off, but at least you know why. Oh, no. I, I have, as I've gotten older, I just realized it's, it's better for me to be direct when I meet someone if, if I have the intention of trying to be their friend, if they know at least the basics about me of, you know, this is who I am, and if you're cool with this, we can be great friends, and if you're not, then, you know, bye. You know, it was really interesting, a lot of the things that you told me just now, your experience and stuff is of uh, super similar to I read this book by this woman uh, I believe her name's Jennifer O'Toole and she wrote this book called Sisterhood of the Spectrum uh-huh. and she kind of goes through all things that girls go through in life and how yeah. her no, situation so I had once um, read this article I'm trying to find the girl's name Like I came across it on Facebook somehow and it was just like a blog kind of thing about mm-hmm. girls and autism. And I was going through her list of all the signs of it in girls versus boys. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the social part, it was literally every single box. I was like, that's me. Yeah. Every single one. I was like, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. Mm-hmm. And it's not because, and, 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 and sometimes after I say it, like, I don't have a filter unless I really focus on it. And I talk too fast unless I really focus on it. And I'm too loud unless I really focus on it. And, unfortunately, some of those things have rubbed off on my daughter. Um, but, like, I have to work at it. It's, it's like, masking is it's actually exhausting if I'm not being myself. I, I actually have to literally think about every word before I say it. I have to think about how loud am I talking, how fast, even now, how mm-hmm. fast am I talking so you can understand me. Mm-hmm. Because my natural is, what did she just say? Is what the response I get back. Like, 90% of the time. Yes, I was about to say, sometimes I was like, wait, what, what did you just yeah, say? <laughs> you exactly. I do it. I know. And I've always been that way. And mm-hmm. if I don't put in the conscious effort to stop myself and make myself slow down and make myself pay attention to how loud I'm talking and how fast I'm talking and what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I have no filter. I'm really loud and I'm really fast. See, and that does sound like it would be exhausting to have to try to but I have to especially while I'm teaching which I do but otherwise and and, and even once in a while I do say something and I'm like maybe I shouldn't have said that but at least it's normally not bad it's just Uh maybe I should have said that and I move on very quickly Uh Uh, but I really do have to think about what I'm saying especially in front of children but like not like in a bad way but it's like I don't want to say something that's going to lead to more questions and get us so far off topic. We're not even working anymore, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never said anything like inappropriate. Well, just... I will say the kids, they love you. They love you so much. They look it's forward good. to art all the time. You're just so much fun. I try. And, and I've honestly, I've had to, to modify what I'm doing because I'm trying not to work too big or too messy in your rooms. 
Yeah, I I bet you were ready to go get back in your own room. Yes. With all your I stuff. I hope so. I hope so. Art we'll see. should not be on a cart. Well, I mean, I actually have some friends. Like, my friend in Miami taught art on a cart for 10 years. The school didn't have an art room. And she just Gosh. made it work. But it does, to a point, limit what you can do. You yes. can only work so big without bigger tables. Mm-hmm. You can only do so much without more than one sink. Yeah. Yeah, but you're you're doing it, though. And they're loving it. I mean, they, they keep asking me to paint. Like, and you only have oh, one sink. Yeah. So I'm going to try to figure they out a way. I, I know, but Maybe I've done it once or twice, but now you've got more kids. I'm trying to figure out. water or something on a Yeah, table. I might I have know. to do something with the jugs and cups, and I, I don't know. I figured <laughs> out, there, you can paint with markers and spray bottles, but it's not the same. Yeah. <sighs> well, Miss Kid, you've, you've definitely given me a lot to think about, and, you know, that that is just one topic t- to me that is really interesting is the whole girls versus boys yeah I, I have a, a nephew with autism he is about finally diagnosed the mm-hmm. mom was in a little bit of denial at first but you know she she went to school for it so she saw all the signs eventually too and she's like yeah and she got him diagnosed and got him services but I think if it had been a daughter instead of a son she would have been even more reluctant I really do just knowing her mm-hmm. yeah definitely all right thanks miss kid